So I want to give you not two sermons, but uh, this will not take long. This is going to be just, as I was praying about this, a thought came to my mind about something we need to teach and mention. Because anytime there's stuff happening in the world, so-called prophets come out of the woodwork and everyone has a word from the Lord. So let's just talk about that for a second. Because we can't control who walks in this building. And every year we hear this, this has been going on for decades. People are approached by someone, the Lord told me to tell you. And that's, that's can be very dangerous. How many follow what I'm saying? So let's just talk about that for a second. When anybody predicts the future or says that the Lord told them something, they're referring kind of to the gift of prophecy that's in the Bible. And in the Old Testament, there were prophets who spoke. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Samuel's considered some by the first of a certain kind of prophets. Moses was a prophet and so on and so forth. Those prophets in the Old Testament, nobody checked what they said. They just appeared. We don't even know where they came from. Amos was a shepherd in Tekoa, and he just came with the word of the Lord, and he delivered it, and it's sanctioned by the Bible. He was sent by God to speak, not just predictive future, but from God's heart. In other words, God says sometimes this is what's going to happen in the future, And prophecy is very powerful. Imagine Isaiah 53 predicts Christ's sufferings on the cross in detail 500 years before Christ was born. Micah talks about Bethlehem. Out of Bethlehem will come the deliverer. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born. How could he work it out that he was born in Bethlehem if you don't believe in the veracity of Scripture? Prophecy is a meaningful thing, but not only predictive, but Thus saith the Lord, the prophets would say, with your mouth you honor me, but your heart is far from me. That's not predictive. It's not predicting anything. What it's saying is, God says, I see what's going on. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. How many got it so far? Say amen. I don't want to lose one person. Now in the New Testament, there is also the gift of prophecy, but it's under a whole different set of circumstances. Scripture is not going to be added to. The books of the Bible that we have is everything we need for faith and doctrine. We need to say strong amen to that. So we don't go by a preacher or a pastor or a so-called prophet or all that stuff. We go by the word of God. Paul tells Timothy, don't preach your dream. Don't preach your vision. Preach the word. Preach the word. The problem is, is that immature people... People with spiritual pride who like to think they're a prophet, they're not. Or people who are up to mischief take on the mantle of a prophet in some way and end up can really do harm to people. For example, before Y2K, all kinds of people were on TV prophesying, thus saith the Lord, this is what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. How many of you old enough to remember some of that Y2K stuff? It was everywhere. And making a lot of money out of their books. And their, the books were conjecture. How do I know God told you that? Hey, dude, how do I know God told you that? It's not in the Bible what you're saying. It's what you think you heard from God. Long before that, in the early 1900s, 
when a great emphasis, new emphasis was put on the Holy Spirit, people were telling other people, God told me, dude, you are called to China to be a missionary. No, I've been trained. You don't worry. God told me to tell you. You go. But I don't know Chinese. I know Ni Hao. That's all I know. <laughs> no, when the boat lands and you step on the ground, you will speak Chinese. No, this is not something, this, this, that's heartbreaking. They took off. People took off around the world based on fake prophecies. And when they got there and they couldn't speak, that shattered their faith. They didn't know what to believe, was I misled. And the children who were taken there, you don't even want to know the history of all of that. That's why God in the Old Testament gives strict warnings about false prophets. Jesus, we'll see, talks about them too. So not everyone who says, thus saith the Lord, is some are talking total smack. They have no idea even how to spell the Lord, much less speak for the Lord. But they, they feel that gives them a mantle. They haven't built a church. They haven't passed. They have no fruit. They have nothing. They just have, the Lord told me to tell you, right? Now, can the Lord tell somebody to tell something? Yes, he can. There is a prophetic gift in the New Testament. Just like to say this, though, in passing. In the Old Testament, if you prophesied and you prophesied false, they killed you. So don't be quick to say, the Lord told me. Thus saith the Lord. Because they stoned them in the Old Testament. Anyone who prophesied something that didn't come to pass, boy, they have a lot less people in the church uh, if they follow that, right? Have a good old stoning service. Uh, I've been in all kinds of services, but never a stoning service. I don't want to go to one either. But this has always happened, and happens in our church for decades. We've had to deal with this periodically. Because how do we know what someone's telling somebody up in the balcony or after a service? There's all kinds of people. There's a, there's a, trust me, there's 10,000 people right now running around New York City who believe they have the word of the Lord. Guaranteed. And they're deceived or they, they mistake their emotions or their thoughts for the Lord says. Before this last election, people were on TV, I was told, but I was told by reliable sources. Who was going to win the election? God showed me this is who's going to win the election. In this case, it was uh, Trump was going to win. He didn't win. Get the stones. No, but that, that we take it so lightly, it's, it's disrespecting God. It's irreverent. It's, it's, it's close to blasphemy. We, we shouldn't be talking like that. Oh, no, within uh, 60 days of, uh, after the election, Chinese troops will be marching in Washington. These things were said. Where do these people come from? With no shame. And then when it doesn't come to pass, they just come up with a new one. God will never give a word that contradicts his word. So I saw a clown on television. There's other names for that person, but uh, I, a clown is what comes to me right now. But dangerous. He said this. The Lord told me, you call this number and give me, listen, talk to Alvin about these things. He's been around the whole body of Christ. He could take this microphone, tell you stuff that would make your hair start to do push-ups. He... <laughs> The guy said, you call this number, we take MasterCard and Visa, $200, you give that seed gift, and that cancer will be gone. No, no, that's cruel. That's not just blasphemy, that's cruel, okay? Just know this here. 
Anytime somebody tells you, I, I have a word of the Lord from you. First of all, don't accept it without understanding what the scripture says about it. Look, look at 1 Thessalonians. This is not what I'm preaching on, but I just wanted to cover this. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Don't quench the spirit. Be open to the fact that God can use other people to speak into your life. But test everything. Hold on to what is good. Test it by the scripture. God will never say something to contradict his own word. Am I right? Come on, everyone say amen to that. If someone says something that contradicts God's word, and it's associated with money, there's no things where to get healed, you have to get money. Where did Jesus ever charge people for a healing or anything else? So we got to be careful of that because not only that, but look at First uh, John, I believe. Yeah. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Some are public. They have a, a public uh, platform and others are private in churches. They're just everywhere. They're running all over the place. Because they feel that by saying that, that gives them some stature. It doesn't. But be careful of it. Be open. And here what you, here's what you can say. Anyone's approached here. Oh, you have a word for me? Fine. I want to call uh, uh, Deacon Ron. I want to call uh, one of the deacons here, one of the pastors. Hold, hold your word here for a second. All right, come on. So now give it because we're going to judge it. The Bible says if a prophet speaks, the other prophets who are there should judge whether that person's speaking. Not, you just can't go talking. Come on, do I get a little support here? Just can't go talking about God told me, God said, God said, God said. Let me just tell you what, uh, stronger than this, look, look at what Jesus said. At that time, Jesus speaking about the end, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. At that time, at the end of time, before he returns, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate. They're going to hate. Hate's going to replace love. Jesus is love. Spirit of Antichrist is hate. To hate white people, to hate black people, to hate Jews, to hate Muslims, to hate anyone. That's a sign you got a, 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 a real bad spiritual germ inside of you. Many will hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. God permits people who aren't open to the truth to be deceived by these false prophets. It's right there. It's going to happen. The hate now, just because of this recent thing, every, every time something happens, a landing on the moon. I remember every time there's a momentous event, the prophets come out of the woodwork. They have a word of what it means. It's a conspiracy. They never landed on the moon. The earth is flat and all these things. That vaccine is of the devil. If you take it, you're going to grow another ear right in the middle of your forehead. Come on. People were saying that all over that, right? That has the mark of the beast in it. Come on. And now millions and millions and millions and billions of people have taken vaccines or whatever, and there's no, they're not dropping like flies. But why do you say those things? What you should say, if you feel something, is what I want to say to you about, by the way, this thing about hating. 
this thing happening, this terrible uh, conflict over in the Middle East, the anti-Semites have come out of the woodwork against Jewish people, but the anti-Muslims and anti-Palestinians are out of the woodwork too. They don't care that a Palestinian kid dies. Well, I want to ask you something. Why is a Palestinian kid less valuable than your kid or my kid? Aren't they all human? Didn't Christ die for everyone? So whether, so the hate, wait, wait. So the hate comes out either way. They're haters. They shouldn't, they're, maybe they're not saved. They're claiming to be prophets. How could you be a prophet if you hate? If you hate Jews or you hate Muslims or you hate Palestinians or you hate anyone. You, you lost your way. You don't know God. Because God is love. I know, but I spoke in tongues. I wouldn't care if you spoke in tongues and levitated and walked on the ceiling. You don't know God because God is love. Come on, let's say amen to all of that. And uh, over the years, I get emails always from all over the place. And 98% say, I'm some special messenger from God, which I'm not. And then 2% say I'm a demon, which hopefully I'm not. (laughs) Neither are true. I'm just a guy. And you're just a guy. And you're just a girl. And we love Jesus. And it's all about him. And don't take yourself so serious. And now... So I was telling someone recently, someone came in my office. This is what makes counseling hard. They came in my office maybe five years ago. No, eight, ten. And said, they're marriage counseling. I didn't know them. So they sat in my office. Pastor Simba, nice to meet you. So how long have you been coming here? Uh, I asked them. Oh, seven years. Oh, have we ever met? No. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. So, okay, so let's talk. So you two have been dating? Yeah, we've been dating for... Nine months or whatever. Okay, so how can I help you? Well, God told us. See, God told, talked to me in a dream, and he said my future wife would be, be named Marisol. And look, it's Marisol. <laughs> We've been talking and praying, and God told us uh, what, the date we should get married. We're getting married on June 15th. God gave us that date and the time. Uh, God also showed us in a vision the restaurant or the, the hall. He showed us that. In fact, he gave us the colors of the bridesmaids' gowns. They're like a lavender, Pastor. And, but God showed us. Uh, God told me God. So after they had said God told me, God said about 50 times, I stopped them and I said, listen, all due respect. We're wasting a lot of time here, aren't we? You're wasting my time. I'm wasting your time. I can't counsel you because everything you say, God told you. So if I disagree with you, you very cleverly have made me have to disagree with God. That's not polite. That's not polite. How many follow it? Say amen. In other words, you can say this, which I want to say about this short little message I want to give you. I pray every week, God knows. God, I love the people more than any group of people in the world. I love you more than anything. How can I help them? How can I feed them? I'm reading the Bible every day. And what truth, what, you know, some things are just for me that God is applying to my life where I need help. But God, what do I read that I is for the people, right? And then let me really study it, pray over that truth and, and, and open my heart so that I can help the people. It's from the Bible, but I can say I feel led that this is what you should hear. 
But I could be wrong. That's why I said I feel led. So whenever you talk to someone and you feel something from the Lord, just give yourself some wiggle room and just say, I feel impressed. I feel led. Or this is what came to my mind, my heart. And then this is of God. We'll all know if it's of God. And if it's not of God, you won't be stoned. Because if you go around saying, God told me, that's very dangerous stuff. I, I don't, that's, you know, I believe in the Holy Spirit and power and, and the book of Acts, but I don't like Pentecostal culture. It gets so cheap and light. You're making, you know, we shouldn't use his name lightly. Amen? Amen. Should never use the Lord's name lightly or the devil either. The devil's no one to fool with. We have authority, greater is he that's in us, but the Bible warns about talking about angelic beings without knowing what you're really talking about. So I wanted to preach and been thinking about preaching. I have a whole page of notes as I'm praying and thinking and praying God. Oh, I see that now. And I was ready to preach that as of uh, last night at seven, eight o'clock. And then as I'm open and praying, Lord, you know, is this... God, just help me. I want to feed the people. They're facing challenges and problems. God knows where you came from this morning. God knows what Alvin's going through, what I'm going through. And I want to say the right thing. And then the Lord, I felt, directed me to something else. I felt. Comprende, no comprende. I spoke at a conference in Colorado Springs 10 years, 12, 15 years ago, and that really upset me because one of the preachers in the program got up and said, "Uh, I got up this morning and God told me to tell you this. How do I know God told you that? Would you just preach the word? Just preach the word. Don't tell me what you think God told you to tell us. Now, if you want to blend it in, guess what? It'll have a ring. When someone speaks something from the Lord, it has a ring to it. How many say amen? There's a weight to it. There's a ring to it. So I felt like the Lord directed me to this. This never preached this before. Never have no notes. Don't have anything but mi corazón and the word of God that's in there. So what's the longest book in the Bible that has the most chapters? What of all the Psalms is the longest Psalm? Psalm 119. Anyone know how many verses it has? 176. That's a lot. That's not the one you want to pick when you go to bed at night, right? Let let me just read one psalm before I go to bed. By the way, I just got to rejoice and be thankful to God because my wife's been away. She's coming back. uh, And but, you know, when you're all alone and you have to make your own food or find your own food, it, it ain't pretty. My kitchen right now is not pretty. But someone in the church, the landlady, who she comes here, she might be here. I talked to her on the phone. She said to an employee of the church who works here, Alex Cologne, I, I made something for Pastor Simbla. And she sent me some Trinidadian food. <laughs> Listen, how many know what bust-up shop is? Come on. <laughs> you don't know what that is? You haven't lived. With the curry chicken... With the pumpkin, with the chana. <laughs> Alvin, I was, I was doing spins like you in my kitchen. <laughs> That's some good food. That's as good Trini food I've ever had in my life. 
So I told my wife, I said, God bless me, Carol. And I told her, and she said, I want some of that too. <laughs> so when she comes back, we're going to go over her house, that lady's house. She invited us, and we're going to throw down. <laughs> How'd you like to be able to be used by God to write Psalm 119 and say things like this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? Blessed are those whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the Lord. That's verse one, powerful. Verse 43, never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. Psalm 60, verse 64 of Psalm 119, the earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Oh, there's more. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day and night. Hold on. I meditate on it day and night. And then finally, verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. And that's something the word of God to the believer can be better than the best meal in the world. It can sustain you when things are going sideways in your life. Just the word of God. Well, he wrote 175 verses like that. Whoever he was, the commentators are not sure who wrote Psalm 119. Some feel David, others say no. And then when he's done with 175 verses, he gives us this for his parting shot. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your command. What? Inspired by God, you wrote 175 verses. People are going to read it through the centuries. And your last verse is what? I have strayed. Not you have strayed. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. Oh, the Bible's so true. The Bible's so real. The Bible is so helpful because it doesn't paint some perfect picture when it comes to us in our walk with God, but it tells it like it is. How many say amen? <laughs> you would think he, like what we like to do, like these false prophets that are all around. You, you have strayed. You're this, you're that. But he says, no, I have strayed. No, you can't stray. You just wrote the longest chapter in the Bible. No, I have strayed. Like a lost sheep. How did he stray? He doesn't say. But it goes and it reminds us that if we're not careful and keep focused, the best of us can stray away from the Lord. This message is for, I believe, people that are sitting in front of me. I, best I know, God must have moved me. I, I felt from what I was going to preach this for a reason. But this is good for all of us because if you don't need it today, you're going to need it maybe a week from now or a month from now. Not because this is God's plan for our life, but this is the way it goes down sometimes. I, I can't read and benefit much from biographies, Janet, that are perfectionists. You know, they write about some uh, man of God or woman of God, but they paint the person in such a way that you go, I can't be that. What, they never sinned? They never got mad at their wife? They never kicked the dog? They never did anything? <laughs> You know, they, they didn't dress in the morning. Their clothes just came on them in a heavenly kind of way. I can't read those. Those discourage me. 
I don't want a hatchet job, but I want to know the human part of a person because we're all human. How many lift your hands? Say amen to that. So now this is the psalmist saying to us, after writing all of those verses, where you would say, whoever wrote that knew God. Yeah, he did. Unfortunately, he strayed like a lost sheep. How did he stray? Not physically, although when you stray in with your heart from God, you can end up being in places you should have never been in. Haven't you ever in your life caught yourself someplace doing something, saying something, and you know, this ain't good. This is not God's plan for my life. Why am I here? No, what he's talking about, his heart had strayed from God. Even though he wrote Psalm 119, his heart strayed from God. From what? What gets our hearts to stray from the best friend we've ever had? It's crazy. We stray and we go after money or pleasure or or we stop focusing on the things of God and the things of this world just consume us and we're more worried about what kind of clothes we have or what kind of iPhone we have rather than how we are with the Lord. I mean, it's nuts what happens in our life. Am I correct or not? We stray. Since I've been a Christian, I've strayed. Since I've been in the ministry, I've strayed. Doesn't matter for one hour, one day, or one week, or one month. You can stray. And this man not only was honest enough, he was humble enough, the psalmist, to say, I have strayed. I have strayed. You know, that's a good encouragement for us to stop ourselves daily and, 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 and at night or in the morning. And Lord, like, where is my heart? See, there's positional truth about being a Christian. Then there's where your heart is. Jesus wrote a letter to a church at Laodicea. He didn't say they weren't Christian. He just said, you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. So like, where are you? Where am I today? Have you strayed? Was there a time where Jesus meant more to you than today? Was there a time when the word of God was more precious than it is today? Then you strayed. We stray. And the enemy wants us to not even mind it. No, don't, don't worry about that. God's on the throne. I know God's on the throne, but I have strayed. Saying simplistic sentences about God doesn't get away from what the psalmist is saying here. Lord, you are great, and I know you, and I love you, and I've written the longest psalm in the Bible it's going to turn out to be, but I have strayed. My heart, my mind, I, I've gone after other things. That's why one great spiritual writer said, I wrote it in my Bible 40 years ago, the perseverance of the saints is made up of 10,000 new beginnings. Listen, the key thing that keeps us through time, all the way through our lives serving the Lord, is not unbroken fellowship. No one's ever had unbroken fellowship with God. We want unbroken fellowship with God. But things happen. We get distracted by sorrow. People let us down. People stab us in the back. We get bitter. We get sidetracked by politics. Oh, my goodness. Your heart strays. Now you've lost your tenderness, and you're madder than a hornet at who you think are the bad guys. I've strayed. That's what he says. I've strayed. Like a lost sheep. What's that mean? Dogs come back, not sheep. They keep moving away. Have you ever read stories about people had dogs? So, someone stole the dog and, and took it, you know, 15 miles away. And two weeks later, the dog is on the front lawn. How that dog know? They got a GPS that we don't understand. They come back, but not sheep. No, 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 not sheep. Sheep are kind of dumb. 
and they move and they're getting in more and more danger. Oh, but that grass looks good. Let me take another bite of that. Oh, let me take a little of that. What's down that road? I don't know, but I don't care. Sheep dude, there's a wolf there. No, I don't know. That's what he said he strayed like, a dumb sheep. I've been there. I don't know about you. I've strayed. Stupid. Why would you stray from the best shepherd you could ever know? Didn't Jesus say, I am, a good sh- I am the good shepherd? How many have found your best days were when you were close to the shepherd? Just lift your hand. Those have been my best days. Not preaching in front of crowds or anything, writing books. No. The best thing is just to know that your heart is with the Lord and you're not straying. There's all kinds of warnings in the New Testament about straying. People who believe in uh, eternal security, be that whatever that thing might be, there's sure enough warnings in Scripture. Be careful, lest you be deceived by the deceitfulness of sin. Encourage each other as long as it's called today because some people are wandering. They're straying. Like right now, we're all in the building, but not everyone's heart is with the Lord. Some people's hearts are straying. And you know why they're here today is because God's trying to reach them. And he put enough grace in them to get them so they could hear the word and hear the the singing and the praise and worship. So I'm straying, I have strayed. One translation has it, when I stray. But it seems like the Hebrew is past tense. I have strayed. It's a present situation with me. I have strayed like a lost, like a lost sheep. Notice, this verse means so much to me, these three words. Seek your servant. No, you get up from where you are and you get to where you belong and do it now. But I can't. I'm stuck. I got stuck in some brambles and bushes. And I've been acting like a stupid sheep. Oh, Lord, seek your servant. I am your servant. I believe in you. I love you. I've served you. I've written 175 verses. But right now, I've wandered from you. Would you please come and seek me? Because I need help to get out of the ditch I'm in. Haven't you ever been there? You're not saying amen. Maybe I'm the only, I'm the only non-angelic person here in the, in the building. Seek your servant, Lord. Isn't that wonderful to know that when you've wandered and you've strayed, that, and you don't know what to do, and you know better. No, it wasn't that he didn't know better. Notice what he says, for I have not forgotten your commands. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. The thing is, I'm jammed up. Haven't you ever been jammed up? Come on, I'm asking you, haven't you ever been jammed up? Where you know what's right, you know what's wrong, you know how it once was, but you're jammed up. I believe I could say without fear of contradiction, because he's publicly said it, when my wife and I met Alvin Slaughter, the first time we ever met him, you were jammed up. Am I correct, brother? Jammed up. Didn't know the Lord? No, knew the Lord. Knew the word. But God, we've all been there, haven't we? And now God is encouraging us and he's saying to us, you can say to the Lord, Lord, I'm trying to extricate myself, but I, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Seek your servant. I've not forgotten your commands. I know you love me. And you know I love you, but I am jammed up. I have wandered. I've strayed like a lost sheep. If that could happen to the psalmist, it could happen to us. Am I correct? But God is so faithful. 
Some of you here today, you know, maybe, maybe the Lord directed me this way, if he did, so that he's seeking you. It's not like it used to be. I told you wasn't, this wasn't going to be long. Sometimes more prayer is better than more preaching. Preaching has its place, but if preaching would have changed, let's say, America, we would have seen a different America by now. Like the song says, people need the Lord. So remember this a month from now, a year from now, or tell it to your children. When you're jammed up and you've wandered and you feel like you'll never get back, your heart's so cold. You can just say to the Lord, seek your servant. Notice he says, I'm your servant, but I've wandered. Servants can wander. Sheep can wander. Oh, good shepherd, come and get me. I'll tell you, the only reason I am standing here in front of you is because Jesus is the good shepherd. No reason, nothing in me, nothing I've ever done, nothing I inherited from my family. Oh, my God goodness, raised in a Christian home when I think of myself in high school and college at times there. Backslidden, oh my goodness. Put that with capital letters, just wandering. And living for what? You end up at night laying in bed and it's all empty. Only Jesus satisfies your soul. Only the good shepherd can feed you that food. So let's close our eyes. I purpose in my heart today, Jim, don't just preach. Pray. Pray for the people. They're your sheep. You're an under-shepherd. Anybody here say, I want just one of you. I, I just want to put my arms around you and pray for you because the Lord is seeking his servant. He's seeking you today. You know, the Bible talks about he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is not us seeking him. This is him seeking us. Can't you tell? Haven't you felt an awareness, even as I've been talking, that God in love is on your trail? Don't you know that? That it's not like it used to be. You've wandered some. He's not mad at you. He's looking for you. He loves you. He wants to have fellowship with you. Anybody here, just stand up if this fits you right now this I know it takes some humility but that's what God will honor in you today like the psalmist said not others have messed up that's it just stand so I can pray for you stand up right where you are in the balcony thank you thank you pastor I need to draw near to God today this message was for me thank you I'm gonna wait no this word is too beautiful I have wandered like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. I know, Lord, what's right. I know what's wrong. I want to move to the light. I got caught here in the shadows. Seek your servant. Bring me home. Come, if you're standing, come up to the front here. I know we have the offering, we have the 40s fellowship, but it's early. Come on, just come up. By coming forward, you're saying, Lord, I'm like the psalmist in your word. He was a better person than me. But he said, I have strayed like a lost sheep. I've wandered. Went right to the front. I'm not going to let the devil play me. Mm -mm. I feel you drawing me, Lord. 
If you're standing, just come forward. We're coming home, Lord. You sought us. You found us. Draw us near to you, Lord. Don't let us wander, Lord. Keep us close to you. Thank you for talking to us this morning, Lord. Through your word, these precious hearts in the front here, Lord, you sought them, you found them. Hold us close to you now, Lord. We're like sheep, God. We wander. We see things. We, we, we follow after them. We don't even know where we're going. We love you today, though. Thank you for your goodness. You are the best friend we've ever had. You are wonderful. You are awesome. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Smile upon your people and let your blessing be on us all day. Thank you for loving us so much. Oh, you are the good shepherd who goes where we wander and you bring us back. We love you today. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Turn around, hug someone, greet them in the name of the Lord. God bless you.